Welcome, everyone. We are back. It is The Flow Show. We've got episode number 175. It is brought to you by Club GG, where you can create clubs for free and subscribe to win over $200,000 in prizes. We appreciate that sponsor. We appreciate the man, Michael Lonkar, coming on today on the show as well. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on, man. Yes, it's been a while. I know we've talked about it. Uh, busy. You got you got kids. You got business. You got a lot happening. We're going to dive into all that. But first and foremost, how are you? Where are you? And what have you been up to? I'm doing fantastic. I am. Uh, I live in Folsom, California, just off the, just outside of Sacramento in Northern California. It is, uh, you know, great to start my day with you. As I was saying, it's 9:15 in the morning here over, here over here on the West Coast. And as I told you a little bit ago before we got on here, uh, I went to the Lakers Warriors. NBA season opener game last night in the Bay, and that was my first time going to a Warriors home game. And man, it was amazing. Electric was, atmosphere what, and first oh, time. Man, it was amazing. You yes. lived there. It was first time you chose one. They did the the award ceremony. What made you go out of all these years and all the times? And wh- why now? What what was it? So I I've been to a lot of Warriors games when they play in Sacramento, mm-hmm. um, and I've been wanting to get out there for a minute, and uh, just said, okay, this is like you said, a, a long time overdue, you know, to get out there and experience. Uh, what it's like to watch a Warriors game in their arena. And obviously the new arena in San Fran is amazing and mm-hmm. uh, beautiful walk. The parking garage was located uh, on the other side of Oracle on Oracle. So got to watch walk by the Giants arena there on the water. And uh, yeah, it was, it was an amazing night watching LeBron and Steph. And I got there like an hour, a little more than an hour early because I've heard too many stories and I've seen too many videos of Steph's warm up routine and him right. just making a billion shots in a row. And, it did not disappoint. It was a lot of fun. Is is it was it? Did you notice? Was there a lot of people? Like, is that a thing where people were? I'm sure on that night too, presenting the trophy, the yeah. you know high energy season opener was packed. I imagine it was. Yeah, it was. It was packed, sold out. Yeah, it was like I said, man, electric atmosphere, and it's I picked a cool. good one to go to. Yeah, very cool. And and tell me about your sort of breakdown of poker nowadays, because I know you're a streamer. Obviously, we've been yeah. streaming on Twitch a lot of the same times in the past, and and you also play live. Has some good results live. We'll talk about the bathrobe and. You playing and, and having some some success and 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 playing a bathrobe, which is not uh, normal to, for live at least on Twitch. That's that's fun, but that well, we're going to cover that for sure. But what is it more nowadays? Do you play more live or online? Definitely still more online. Um, I play a private cash game once a week at a buddy's house here in Sacramento. But other than that, man, uh, really focused on the online tourney grind. And I'm actually more excited right now about poker than I've been in years. Um, uh, basically, I had a number of conversations a few months ago with Team Turbo Kings, as he's known on Twitch, uh, Brian Fight, right here, Turbo Kings. Yeah. Um, and we had a number of conversations. Uh, we, we've always had a good relationship, and we recently have had a number of conversations. Uh, yeah, there it is right there, yeah, TurboKingsPoker.com. So I, I just partnered up with them about a month ago. Um, I mean, this guy is amazing. So what really attracted me to join up with him is we were just having a casual conversation like we do every few months. Um, and we were just talking about the, the difference of strategies between low stakes and high stakes online tournaments, because there is a big strategy difference. And, you know, the way people play in an $11 tournament compared to like a 215, for example, is quite different. Uh, the caliber of players is different. Uh, the amount of three betting is different. And, he showed me his graph, his shark scope from the previous 30 days, and he's up $21,000. Bottom left, the top right, smooth grind up graph, 
average buy-in $24 for the last three days. And I was like, okay, what's up with this? You know? And he actually showed me primedope.com. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with primedope.com? No. So I had never heard of it either. And he showed it to me and it has, I'm actually going to make a video about it really soon. It has a tournament variance calculator. And I plugged it in. And so, yeah, if you, if you go to uh, at the top right there, poker tools, hover your mouse over poker. I think it's poker tools and tournament variance calculator, the third one. And actually, this is amazing you're doing this. I wasn't even planning on doing this. So type in, um, let's just change, keep everything the same right there. In fact, that's perfect. So right there, let's do change. Uh, let's see here. So put the return on investment to 40%. Okay. And so now we're looking at, this is a simulation. If you were to play 1,000 tournaments with an average field size of 100 players and your ROI is 40%, hit calculate. And let this load up. And then when you scroll down, you will see it has calculated out. Keep going down. Keep going down. Uh, okay, so the graphs actually scroll up a little bit. So I'm sorry, I scroll up a little bit. Hit calculate again. This one, right? Yes. Okay, I clicked it. I'm not sure. Does it, it's, is it come? Is this the graph for it or no? Man, or yeah. So it's looking a little different than I remember here. But anyways, man, I'm so bummed out. It's not showing what I want it to show. I've never um, heard of this site. I actually, it sounds like something I've heard of. Maybe it is what I heard of, but it's it it so, I, it's it's a cool. It looks very cool. I, I see what it's, it's really doing. cool. So basically, when this loads up like it's supposed to, it'll show with this exact scenario. Your average profit, if you're running dead average, like you're supposed to, would be right. plus 20K. And with 100 player fields, your worst your worst possible outcome over 1,000 tournaments with 100 player fields, $55 buy-in, 40% ROI would be plus 2K if you're running as worse as you possibly could. And if you're running as godlike as you possibly, mathematically possibly could, you're plus like 44K. Right. And then you just change one thing on that calculator. You change the average field size from 100 to 1,000. Everything else is the same. 1,000 tournaments, $55 buy-in, average ROI 40%. Now it's still the same on the average, obviously. Average, if you're running average, it's plus 20K. But now because of the field size being so dramatically larger, the worst case scenario is you're down $35,000. And your best case scenario is you're up 98. Hmm. Okay. So if that doesn't illustrate the variance of large fields compared to smaller fields, I don't know what does. Right. And talking with him also just about how soft, you know, a lot of 11, especially 11 to $55 tournaments are on the smaller field of things Yeah. across all sites. That really got me dialed in and refocused on doing the exact opposite what I've been doing for the last couple of years, which has just been only play big fields, only go after the big ROIs. And... I didn't realize how important it is if you're really trying to grind hard to put in a lot of smaller fields in there. And just by literally having conversations with him, changing my field sizes down to smaller during the week, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm crushing the last last couple of weeks, uh, showing similar results to him that he's shown me. And like I said, it's just been a match made in heaven. Um, I've always been a big fan of his and just talking about little intricate strategies that are that work really well in the low stakes area 
has just, like I said, it's got me so excited about poker more than I have been for the last few years. And uh, I think I think the number one thing that really separates Turbo Kings from other training sites is that me and Brian really focus on the 11 to $55 range of tournaments and the strategies right. that are work, working for those buying levels. Mm-hmm. And you know, as well as I do, you know, all the training sites out there have the best of the best pros, but they're all playing 200s and 500s and 600s and thousands. And yeah, obviously, obviously 90% plus of all the, all the players out there are not playing those buy-ins. They're playing the 11s to 55. So it really, yeah, attracted, it, it really attracted me to join up with the, with the site that focuses on the games that most players are playing. Because like I said, you, you go play an $11 tournament on any site and play a 600 on any site, and it's going to be a world of a difference of well, everything. I, I want to say, I mean, obviously, you, you've been a guest on the Super Millions, GG, the 10K buy-in, and I like to say that you got to be careful because that's that's the thing. Like, you watch some of these high buy-ins and the best players in the world, and like what you're doing in a 10K or a 1K buy-in online, you know, you can't just do the same things in an $11 or a $55 tournament. So that, yeah. that is, it's kind of, it is hard to calibrate and to understand and, and understand why certain things work and others don't or what you're trying to accomplish. So, I mean, that's obviously, and as you said, that is the majority, right? The majority yeah. of the action is going to take place at those, at those stakes. So um, yeah, it's very, very, very cool. And how much, how has your poker shifted over the years? I mean, you obviously having been a dad and being, having other commitments in business, you're obviously a sponsored team pro as well with the America's card room like this, how do you kind of focus your time now between playing and, and being able to do the, the other things outside of, of just playing poker? I mean, it's definitely an adjustment as you know, you know, it's uh, as I always say, it's the best thing in the world. And at times it's the most difficult thing in the world because obviously I still want to continue to, you know, make money and, and give results and put the time in. And at the same time, more importantly, I want to be the best dad that I can be. And obviously being an online, poker pro that works from home most of the time it's a little bit of a juggle between you know hanging out with my kid over here and playing online poker over here and obviously sometimes i can do both uh, when i'm playing a few tables but uh yeah it, it's definitely an adjustment and it's been a fun adjustment you know I, I i would say i'm the happiest i've ever been in my entire life right now uh you know i for the first time in my life i feel like i have everything that i want I, and obviously i'm hungry i'm hungry i'm always hungry and i'm always i've got that drive i got the motivation to to do well and, and succeed and, and win tournaments and this and that. But as far as just, you know, I feel like, I feel like uh, if, I, if I could show myself 10, you know, 10 years ago, go back in time and say, this is what you're going to, this is the position you're going to be in in 10 years with an awesome wife and awesome kids and uh, a great situation with America's card room. And, and, you know, it's life is good, but yeah, like it's definitely adjustment. It's definitely adjustment. I remember my, my son Luke now is three and a half. And I remember, trying to stream for a week while taking care of him all day as a, you know, three, four, five month old baby, man. That's, I don't recommend that. That's tough. It's too tough. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, it's- I, I got to ask you that. Cause this is like, you know, that's, that's sort of what I'm saying, like how to, to push forward, to be the best version of yourself. You know, you see obviously like Tom Brady, Giselle kind of, kind of a little bit of disarray or, you know, obviously stuff. Ha- it's not easy to be the best in something. And then also be the best in your family life, personal life. There's only so much time in the day. Um, you know, that is something I find fascinating. I, I like to chat with people that are you know, high performers in their fields and, and especially with streaming and poker because, you know, that is it is hard to play tournaments like cash game. You know, you can pop off or do a couple hour session, but to stream and just kind of commit yourself to if you are to have a good streamer to 
to do well, to, to be in for eight or 10 hours at a time. How do, how do you kind of break that down? Do you have certain days you do it? Do you like during a big series, do you just kind of go all in on it? Like give me a little bit of a uh, outlook and planning and scheduling for you. Cause I, I think it's fascinating. And one of the reasons we see the drop off in poker for you know, people in what I hold, I think you're mid, you're 30, 36, 36. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we have a three and a half year old son yeah. each. We're both 36, you know, kind of in our peak of trying to push forward and do more and in our business prime, but also family and all these, you know, yeah, you know, you give your son a bath and take him to school and these type of things, right. That like, you'll, you won't get back. So it's like, it's always kind of hard yin and yang, like, all right, I want to be fully present, fully this, but I also want to, you know, have career goals and, and be my best version of that. So I don't know. I, I'd like to hear a little more on that. Cause I just think that's so interesting how you, how to make it work. And, and I feel like you do a really good job of that. Thanks man. Yeah. I try my best. I think, I think the most important thing is to have uh, a schedule and obviously if you are giving your all as a poker pro and giving your all as a dad yeah you don't you don't have a lot of downtime you know you're going 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 and it's so like for my my personal situation uh we're lucky enough my wife only works three days a week so she works on tuesdays wednesdays and fridays and those are the days that i have her cousin uh our, our nanny she comes over on those days and allow that allows me Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday to put my head down, stream as much as I can from nine to five. And then when my wife gets home from work on those days, I shut the stream off. I finish my last few tables on my laptop while hanging out with the family. And then on the days that my wife has off from work on Mondays and Thursdays and Saturdays, those are my family days. Those are the right. days. I'm still doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that for a couple hours throughout the day, um, social media stuff and whatnot and communicating with business partners. But those are my days for family. And it's important to block off these days are for the kids. These days are for my wife. Try and set aside uh, a couple hour blocks on certain days of, okay, this is dinner with my wife. We've got a babysitter lined up. Um, and then obviously Sunday is just always full blast my time to grind tournaments and do my thing. And, yeah. and, and that's part of the problem though, too. It's right. Like the Sunday, it makes sense why it is for poker in the day where it's like everyone, you know, people have the day off. It's going to be a weekend and, and they can be the biggest tournaments, but that's also like, yeah, it's one of the days where the, the, the kids are not at school or you have that day. So that's always been tricky too. Cause my wife, you know, she's always like, I want, you know, that's like family day, go to church, do, you know, do this stuff. That's like, family oriented but really it's sort of the day of like all right this is the super bowl of the yeah, week, so, week so it's very tricky too that's another run good that i have in my life is when i met my wife she already loved poker and now she's really in loved uh you know learning certain strategies for me and talking strategy and so she's actually grinding on sunday as well so she's 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 kind of more beastie than me because she's, she's she's got like six tables going all day long on sunday while taking care of the kids which is in some ways more difficult than playing 16 tables isolated in my office because of the distractions and yeah. the stress. She, 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 she does plays well. six, she plays yes. six tables while taking every Sunday. Every How's Sunday. that possible? That's crazy. That's she's a, crazy a beast, story. man. She's a beast. That's that's um, cool. Very cool. But yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing, and like even on the days like today, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, even on the days where I'm grinding tournaments all day, I really try and take the first hour of those days and my two oldest go off to school, but give the first hour of those days to my son, Luke, play a little game with him, read a book, watch a YouTube video, give him some time and then get on my grind and do my thing. And uh, that's actually another thing. I, I, I was at the Warriors game last night and I'm not in good shape right now. I'm not, I'm just not in good shape. Like I'm, I'm 
my cardio is bad. I'm just not in good shape. So I told myself last night, I'm starting a new thing. I promise to myself starting today. In fact, we're going to be done with this podcast. I'm going to go downstairs and lift some weights and then get on the ground. I'm going to start a new promise to myself that from Monday to Monday and Friday, I'm not going to allow myself to play poker until I've worked out for an hour because that's important too. And that's, that's, that's honestly one thing I have not been doing for quite some time. And, uh, you know, that obviously translates to playing poker better and being, you know, it just helps so much with everything. And that's, I think that's an important thing to too, is to have discipline in all areas of your life when you're trying to, trying to be good at poker. Cause, um, even if you are able to just put your head down as a single guy out there and just crush poker every day, even if you're just winning hordes of money in a certain way, it doesn't feel good. Right. Because I, because I've done that in the past where I just put my head down and just played poker 50 hours a day and wasn't eating good, wasn't working out, wasn't doing other things, wasn't having a good balance in my life. I think that's so important. It's so important to have yeah, I mean, I look everything, I, everything in line. You know, I remember, I remember way. from 2008 till you know Black Friday, I was living in Baltimore with my with my buddy, and like it would literally be, I'd I'd wake up, roll out of bed, I would then you know there was always good tournaments going on. This is like heyday, still like great, you know, online America, no problem to play easily. All the sites, all this whatever, and it would just be like wake up. I wouldn't even like check anything else. I would just start playing tournaments, and then when I finished, it would be like beer pong, order ding how you know, knock some Chinese food down and do it repeat for like a while. Like I, I went from like, <laughs> yeah. you know, playing college athletics, division one, great shape. Everything was great until like just full bender poker, eating poorly, drinking beer. And yeah, got pretty out of shape, pretty heavy. But that's, it's like nowadays you see so much that mentality and the best players in the world, how much they take care of their mental health, their fitness, their meditation, you know, all this stuff, because it matters, right? You're, you're competing yeah. at like the guy that rolls out of bed and just fires off a session on Sunday. Like, cause it's so fun, but like, really, right. You should, the answer is always wait. You can late reg a bit. You can miss one tournament, like come in fresh, come and dialed in. And I mean, I think you would agree looking back in our careers, how much, like how much better could be about like that. Oh, right. Yeah. Just to like, instead oh, yeah. of just like diving in, being not fully prepared, having everything organized, uh, it, it's, it's the answer. And, and, there, I will say in poker, though, fitness, health, kick. It does seem people are inherently much more healthy. I think people would be upset. You're going to put them on tilt saying that you're not working out or healthy because you do look healthy. You don't. I look, mean, you know, you know yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't eat awful. I mean, I got good genes. And you're saying whatnot, you want to get back but... the six pack. You want to hit, get some tone, get cut. Not I want to get the six pack back. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. There's, no, there's just a one pack right now, so I got to get that yeah. six pack back. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We need, we need, we need to, we need to get in the gym. All right, and tell me. Tell me about what it's like to be a ambassador because this is, you know, you play poker so long. Obviously there's only so many sites to represent. There's only so much sponsorships that go out. What was yeah. that like when you got sponsored for the first oh, time? How did, how did that come up and how did that go down? And was it from essentially streaming on Twitch? Is that where the opportunity came from? Yeah. So obviously getting signed on as an America's card and team pro is one of the big highlights of my professional career. Uh, always been a dream of mine. Um, I actually, so I, I, 2000 January 2018, I took first place for my biggest cash in my life, uh, 265 milli on ACR. Took first for 138,000, and I actually reached out to them a month later and said, "Hey, you know, here's my Instagram. Uh, I've got some experience commentating at some different events, and I want to work with you guys." And they said, "Okay, well, this is the first." Uh, basically, you know, they 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 flew me down two months later to commentate with Jeff Boski, um, the original ACR pro down at one of their cage events down in Costa Rica, which you know all about. And, 
basically, you know, shook hands and met, met with people and they said, you know, you, you got to start streaming. You know, you got to start streaming. So started streaming later that year and continued to go down to cage events and get to know the people behind the scenes and get to know Phil Nagy and Juan and all my guys over there at ACR and uh, just really focused on being the best representative that I could for ACR, which has always been a site that I believed in. And more importantly, I've always believed in the guys that I just mentioned behind the scenes. I've always loved Phil Nagy and what he represents and what he's about. Um, he says it so perfectly, like, you know, obviously he's the CEO of the second biggest online poker site and they had their troubles in the past during periods with DDoS attacks and site freezes and whatnot. But I always knew in my heart, not thinking about the money, not thinking about what's best for me. I always knew that he had good intentions uh, being a former professional poker player himself and being a real player that he was always going to make things right and do everything he could to make ACR legit and make it not that it's always been on a job, you know, just doing everything to make things smooth and, and good. And sure enough, you know, ACR has been, been doing amazing things over the last few years and they fixed a number of problems and continue to, you know, make improvements on the site. And I think that's so important when you're working for a company is to feel good about the people that run the company, feel good and have that confidence that, yeah, I know that these guys are doing everything they can to make this blank company the best that they can. It's all legit. It's all good. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a dream come true. Really. They made my dream come true because up until, uh, they announced me as a team pro, I think at the beginning of 2020 or 21, 20, whatever it was. Uh, and up until that point, 100% of my income, my entire life has just been from making money at poker. I've never had sponsors or this affiliate money or that money. So obviously it takes a lot of pressure off having a little extra income from that. And uh, like I said, man, it's, it's been a pleasure working with them. And I, yeah, it's, I think the best thing about working with Phil, working with Phil is I've never for one second looked at him like my boss. I've always looked at him as like a good friend and uh it's been nice it's been it's 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 been an amazing experience working I, with acr I, I will say that that is something i can i mean i know phil personally pretty well and have spent time with him and you know we, we do keep up and chat and i will say you know rob young same thing when i was with party and now with gg michael kim like what they all have in common and, and those three in particular again they're sure i'm not saying there's not other people this is where i've worked with or i've had experience it's really nice when you are with Someone that can make decisions that is either the, the owner, CEO, or someone that listens, that loves poker, first of all, but also, you know, they exactly you feel like you're a part of the team. It's not like they're the boss or you can't get a hold of them or like you're just kind of like a pawn. You feel like, okay, hey, they're listening to me. Hey, I have an idea. I want to try something. I'm create I have a creative concept. They're like, not even like, oh, maybe, you know, it gets pushed in the pipeline and kind of like whatever and has to get approved. It's just like they can literally say, Yeah, okay, done. You know, thirst lounge or uh, do this or you know, like, all right, I want to play this. I want to try this. I want to be, they're just like, all right, they're, they're, they like, and they appreciate people that are proactive, that are trying to do good things and, and be help the site. Like they don't look at it as uh you know, they, they give everyone the benefit of the doubt and they really take it to heart and they, they, they make things happen quickly. So those guys in particular, I can, I mean, I can just personally say, and again, probably other people at other sites, but I have also worked with other sites where I don't feel that way. Right. Where I don't have a guy. It's like, I have like a, person that represents or is like in charge of the 
the ambassadors, not like, oh, I'm talking to the main person. Like, you know, just kind of, you know, you don't feel like you get that valet or that service that you have an idea and you're appreciated your idea and that they will take a chance. So yeah, that is, that's, that's huge. I mean, that, that to me, I've said to myself, I will not work or do work with a poker site that I don't feel that type of relationship to the top where I feel connected yeah. and valuable. So that is um, for sure. That's definitely like, and how, what about your family and friends? Uh, more importantly, I guess your, your parents, like about poker, when you mm -hmm. said, Hey, I'm a professional poker player. What was that experience like for you? So my dad's actually the reason I'm a poker player today. You know, he, uh, wow. he was a, he was a grinder in the seventies and eighties as a full-time school teacher. Uh, he always said he made more money playing poker on the side than he did as a school teacher. He's a stud, uh, a stud at stud back in the day. And he actually got me into online poker, a website that doesn't run anymore called hotpoker.net. It was a play money site. I started playing on there when I was 12 for play money. And it's funny to say now, but it was against bots. Uh, it was a limit six-handed play money cash game. And you always knew if it was a human or a bot because most of the time it was just all bots. So you'd, you'd check and it would go back to you. All the decisions, <laughs> snap decisions. So if, if there was ever a player that took just a couple seconds to act, like, oh, that's a real human being right there. So that, that was my initial exposure to poker. I played on there like once a week and then uh, started grinding online for real money, uh, 18 years old, and, and ran up $50 to $3,000 a couple of times. And then lost it all a couple of times by moving up too fast and took a year off from poker when I was 19 and then went to college and I turned $200 into $3,000 in two days, my first two days back and ended up building up a nice little bankroll by the end of that first semester. I think I had like 15K, which as a 19 year old feels like a lot more than it actually is and dropped out of college, played poker for a living for six months, tried it out. My mom at that point in time, more so than my dad, understandably so. My dad too though, he's like, you know, go back to college, get your degree. I agreed. So I went down to Santa Barbara City College in SoCal, which, ooh, talk about a choice place to go to school right on the beach. Um, continued to play online poker while I got my two-year degree, paid for a car, paid for school, a lot of school, and um, had built up a nice bankroll playing sit and goes. And I actually didn't, I didn't have a losing month in Syngos for years. Um, as I was talking about the small fields, those are, those are, the, those are the small fields, right? Six handed, yeah. nine handed tournaments. The variance is very little to say the least over uh, when you put the volume in like I was. And by the time I was 21, I got my two year degree. My mom even couldn't say much. Cause you know, once I'm showing those consistent, consistent, consistent results and the money's coming up, she's like, all right, well, give it a shot and hopefully you continue to do well. And it's, it's been a, it's been a great choice. And I've always been so lucky to be able to play a game that I love and, and love my job. And I've never yeah. once looked at my job as a job. It's always, in fact, I have, I have a friend in town here who always says, I'm going to work poker. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work some poker right now. Cause he wants people to know, like, this is my job. You know, it's a funny way to say it, but it's, uh, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing to be able to play this game that we love. And I've been doing it my entire adult life. So I have no complaints at all, obviously. That, that's awesome. And what is what is the, the current state of poker in your, your area where you are live? Like, is it, is, do you feel like, is it booming? Are there new people coming in? How, how is the live area where you live? Because uh, I think you do play at what you play. There's a few casinos nearby where you are. Yep. Right? Yeah. So here in Sacramento, we got Thunder Valley Casino, which is the big tournament stop where all the tournament series come into town. Uh, you got Stones Gambling Hall, 
which is still one of the best games ever, even after the whole Stones Live ordeal. Um, yeah, what what happened with that? I do want to ask. I mean, we, there's man. a couple of like, oh, is, I, is, is, is it's not. I don't. I mean, what is it, has there been? It, I, it's a rabbit hole, so I don't really want to go. Yeah, there. I so do know that and, area. Yeah. How? So me and Postel played hundreds of hours together. Wow. Before, before Stones Live, you know, and and uh, hung out, and the whole thing is still so crazy to me uh you know it's it's insane really what 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 happened with all that and obviously no one i guess at this point is ever really doesn't seem like ever no one's ever going to know exactly what happened exactly what went down and what didn't go down um yeah it's honestly still just so confusing and such a mind-blowing thing to think about um yeah that's i don't even know what to say man it's 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 very surreal even for me at this point because obviously I I saw a lot of stuff that people don't know about as far as just you know like I said playing with Mike Postel for years. But when you were playing with him, it was in an environment that was not on the stream, or was it most exactly? Yeah, so yeah, hundreds, and, hundreds of hours not at Stones, right? Where he would win and casinos. lose or whatever, right? There was sort of just like a regular game, and it's everything. And the like thing, you, the thing, the thing, the thing that's interesting that people don't talk about, and a lot of people don't know this is Mike was a really good pro for years and years and years before Stones Live. Uh, he was a mega crusher on Ultimate Bet back in the day, one of the biggest winners in Ultimate Bet, actually, in the cash game scene over there. Interesting. Uh, he he has a lot of big tournament results online and live. And he's always been, you know, obviously Sacramento is not a huge area. It's a decent-sized area, but, you know, everyone knows each other here in the Sacramento area in the poker community. And he's always he was always been... He was always a very highly respected pro that could play well in cash games and tournaments. So for that whole thing to go down and, and whatnot, it's still so crazy to me. It's kind of hard to comprehend. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Is, is there any, I mean, and if, if somehow, you know, you see him at your local grocery store, I'm not going to ask you like that, but like publicly knowledgeably, like uh, that story kind of just like went away. It was a weird deal. Is there like, is he like, Again, don't tell me something if you just like randomly see him and he's whatever. But like, is that what's like the kind of closed storyline on that? Did he like move out of the area? Is he supposed to be still? He's, he's still, still in the area. Um, yeah, he he does he 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 never goes to casinos ever. Uh, I honestly right. don't I don't I don't I honestly don't know what he's doing right with himself these days. Um, maybe he's grinding online. I honestly I don't, I have no idea. Um, right. I have I have one friend that said they saw him at a casino an hour or so away playing slots. At a casino that didn't have a poker room, and that's literally like the only time I've heard of anyone kind of running into him. So I, I literally don't know what he's up to, right. what he's doing these days. And and, uh, and and again, not to go down the rabbit hole because this has just been a hot topic, and I've lost the last week. I haven't even seen other than I know that the the Robbie situation, oh, right? which was also a, kind of a wild deal. Someone that Crazy. knows poker very well and plays on live streams and also understands poker. Um, seeing that, but I did see that she like took a lie detector test again. I don't know like how it was conducted, who was involved what place it was or all those details. But I did see that she did go and do something and she did allegedly pass and all that. Um, but I don't really have, I haven't fallen out of Joey Ingram's gone deep into the, the super deep rabbit hole. And, you know, I, there's been, there's some bounties put on if anyone could find anything, but like, what, do you, how has that been left or what is, is there anything like, so, is it, how do you feel it is the situation? So obviously there's been some comparisons with the Robbie situation and the Apostle situation. And I think that's a very, what's the word? Um, they're just not the same at all. 
but that's totally different. Like apples to oranges. Night, yeah. night and day. Yes, they're both cheating allegation situations, but like just completely different. Um, and I, I was streaming my home game that I run on ACR every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time with shots of whiskey and whatnot and have a good time with that stream over on ACR. But uh, people were telling me about it that night while I was streaming that, you know, it just, this just happened. And I was on stream actually watching the replay of everything. And I, I stayed up all night that night until 3 in the morning, rewatching, rewatching, pausing and looking at everything and listening to everything. And obviously in the first hour or two, all the red flags are up to me. This is weird. This feels too weird. The lies, the the changes of what she's saying. At, at first reaction, obviously being a poker player, having that gut reaction, I thought that there was like an 80% chance that she was cheating and something funny was going on. Right. The way Garrett was acting, he knows what's up. My initial just gut reaction was something is wrong here. Something went down. Don't know what it is. The more and more and more I watched it, the more and more I just absorbed everything. I went the other way. And now I'm more, you know, 80, 90% that she did not cheat. And obviously there's still some red flags and some things that are kind of funny, but like you always have to put yourself in her shoes right there in that spot. Imagine you made this crazy call because of whatever reasons you had, doesn't matter. And now you can feel Garrett with the way he's staring at you and the way, what stuff he's saying. I mean, you're going to feel a certain type of way. You're going to feel a pressure. You're going to feel like, oh man, like, cause you know, obviously she wants to be, she's on that live stream. She wants to be liked by everyone. She wants to be a part yeah. of the high stakes scene there. And when you got the man, G man, talking down on you the way he was like, you're going to feel funny. You're going to feel awkward, you know, and obviously it's not going to be surprising to me if it comes out that she somehow was cheating. That's not going to be a shocker because right. something feels off. Yeah. But how sad is it if she did make a legit crazy, in some ways, unexplainable call and was right. She should be, hoisted up she should be yeah celebrated and yeah, yet not she's being torn persecuted. up and, and crucified yeah, yeah. I, so I got, it's I, sad it's sad i got i got so again i don't want to go down a rabbit hole in this it is interesting it is current it is someone who again you stream you understand poker you participate in live streams you also stream on twitter like you have a good idea and about and, that, and that's and that's yeah. the thing is i i know you have too like yeah i've played in some big games where i've seen a guy call the river with five high like that just didn't understand the game. And obviously she does understand the game. So there's the fundamental difference between that example. But I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen guys like, like I said, I've, I've seen multiple times guys call big all ends with six high or five high. It's like, how did you like misread your hand? Like, no, I thought yeah. it, he had four high. I'm like, wow. Like, okay. But like, you know, you, you, the more you play poker and the more hands you've played, especially in a live setting, the more crazy stuff that you can't even understand how that could possibly happen. You've seen it happen. And I think that this is just one of those things that we saw it happen on the biggest stage at the highest stakes. And I think she just made a crazy play and, and that's all there is to it. And obviously, like I said, I'm not going to be shocked if it does come out that she cheated because there are some red flags and the flip flop with the stuff she's saying, but I, I think it was just a crazy hand. It that's, is a, 
is and and I guess the last. So do you believe though that she had she thought she had Jack three because like that's the story. Um, um, I don't think she thought she had Jack three. I don't. Right. I think I think I think she was again, and I and I can attest to this. The first few times I played on live stream games with Live at the Bike or Stones Live, like I played differently than I normally play because I'm psychologically thinking to myself, like I know a hell of people are watching me right now. So I think I should fold here, but like, I don't want people to think I'm a nit. So I'm going to talk myself into a call and up. Oh, yep. He has the nuts. I should know better than this. It, it definitely has a psychological effect. But my, I guess my, my, my point is if, so th- this is how I looked at it. And again, this is a little we'll close with this. Cause I got, I don't want to spend the podcast talking about this, but the, like basically I also don't believe, like, I didn't think she, I thought she knew exactly what she had. The weirdest part about all of it is to me is like when right after the hand ends, right. And they're like kind of back and forth and it's super weird, right. The energy and like, I actually felt uncomfortable. Like I was like, Holy, like this, I like looking at Garrett, like it made me feel nauseous a bit. Cause I was just like, wow. Like he really is like, it looked like someone like, you know, he, like the, it just you could tell how weird like it he was. saw a ghost yes like exactly ghost. but like yeah. it, it was like awkward for everyone but the weirdest part about it is like let's assume she actually knew her exact cards that w- which were her cards like now there's like you could say oh jack three was a hand before but like she says if you believe she had the jack four no pair okay we believe that right me and you both believe, that's what i think yeah. too she knows what she had she looked a lot she took her time, huge pot. You're getting, you know, she's checking yeah. her cards, not like a quick snap call and like, you know, okay. So let's assume she has Jack four and she knows that. Yeah. She then says, I put you on ace high, which is the most bizarre thing. That to me is what I can't get over because like, how do you call with Jack four, no draw, and then say you thought you had ace high? That is like to me where there's a problem. That's what I inherently keep kind of coming back to. That's what my biggest issue is. So that doesn't check out to me then also like the running it twice that is in her favor because you know if you're running it once that's like the, the number one thing right and these these home games or games oh like one time you know aces the queens or you're behind like oh no no one time and you hit it or it's just it's like it's so obvious if you're saying one time and weird shit's happening or like the hand from behind's winning right but she does say two but like again if they were talked about or whatever she can't that would be like a huge red flag right so it's so in my mind let's assume she knew what she had let's say she put them on whatever she calls so like it's her sort of a free roll. Like if she knows she has the best hand at that moment, right? Or she's gonna let's just say the technology is that she knows she has a winner, right? By the end of the hand. Okay. That's like if the most likely way. Like she knows she has a winner, you wouldn't be able to control the second run, right? Yeah. Which would then be a random event. Cause like let's take the other side. Let's say Garrett wins the second run, right? Like let's just say that there is something wrong, they're fishy, she's able to do something, they know they win the first board. The second one, if he had chopped. Okay, which he could have, right? If she's even doing something not right, that second board is that is still he's got outs, right? A seven and eight, a club or whatever. He's got a lot going on. He wins. This is probably a much different conversation. Now the money never gets handed back. It's like weird. People talk about it. Maybe look at it. Maybe there's some talk about it, but there's no harm, no foul. The money is chopped. It looks weird. It's like a laugh. Oh, I had Jack. You know, like there's so it's kind of crazy, right? This whole thing was also it was still a point. Like I could have easily chopped the second board. And that's that's Um, the thing. I don't I don't think there's any way that she knew what the first river and the second river is going to come out. mm. Like there's just no way. I'm telling you, if she did do something unethical, if she was she if it was a cheating situation, it would have been the second board. Literally, no way to control. So that was like a free roll in a way in that situation but like then you could also go deeper like why you know granted cheaters usually aren't the smartest people like they do silly things or like if you or i were 
wanted to cheat and were in that situation and had access to know, like you would make it, you know, you would just, you would just go about your way. See, and that's, that's the thing that's, is like yeah. earlier in the night, she made like, I think she made another jack high call. She made some crazy bad call against a boat and lost. And she made a big bluff and lost. Like, you know what I mean? That's again, that's where it's like so different from other cheating situations is like, she exactly. Played, she played some other hands really bad and lost a lot of money. But we're not talking about those. We're not talking about the Well, bad. see, that's that's also like that very different than the apostle. I've I've also had been in situations where I've, you know, heard or see or things happen and like, yeah, it, when there's feathers in her cat, like the more data, the more analyze you do, like, yeah, you have to look at the whole thing. You can't yeah. just say that one thing. So, anyway, all right, interesting. I got your take. Very, I'm, I'm also No matter what, I, no matter what, that was a crazy crazy hand. I'm sure we'll be talking about it for a long time. So I mean, look, they say no no press is bad press. There's a lot of press for poker. You know, story uh, ultimately if it, it isn't resolved or if it's like unclear or she did not cheat like I think similar to this, they're talking about anal beads and chess and like, you know, like there's, it's like, chess, you know, like there's also the fish stuff, right? Putting the weights in the fish. There was like some major tour uh, fishing scandal. Like look at anytime there's money involved, business, poker, otherwise you really got to be careful. And that's, that's why you just, you got to be careful. For, for, me, for me, it's just one of those things. All I want is for God or whatever power may be, whatever power you believe in, I want them to come down and show us exactly what happened or what didn't happen i just want to know like whether right. no matter what she did i just want to know the truth and I mean, it, everyone it, wants, everyone it wants is, the truth it is also a reminder if you're playing in home games or look at this i mean you talk about a home game okay it's on a public stream like a big stream where the possible situation or this situation like you got to be alert you got to be aware it's uh, unfortunate in a way that you got to kind of feel that way but you need to you know think things through be logical and also just be alert be aware that hey you know you may be when you, when you go sign up and you're playing a hustler live or live at the bike or poker go or any series, right? Like live, like you're, you are assuming there is gaming, there's integrity and they're doing their best, but like, you just thought you still got to realize that there is, um, you know, you have to, you have to be, you know, think in your head and be, be alert to, to what could happen because there is always that risk and possibility. And obviously the stronger the brand, the stronger the processes, if anything, if nothing else, this should also bring attention to other live streams protocols, procedures, make things more secure. You know, if you're at a home game as well and you think something's maybe fishy or not right, like, you know, ask them to cut the decks or, you know, the, don't use a shuffler or there's things you can do to try to make yourself more comfortable that are reasonable requests. And if, if you get pushback when you do stuff like that, that's a sign. If you go to a home game and you say, hey, would you mind not using a shuffler? Or, hey, would you mind cutting the decks after the flop? Like, you know, that that's not an unreasonable request. And if someone's like, no, 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 and they give you some reason why they sh they can or don't want to, like, you know, then again, play or don't, but understand you are then now having more information. You're, you're kind of gambling at your own risk. So um, anyway, that's, that's, let's leave it. This is the Michael Lancar podcast today. We're not talking about scandals and whatnot. Although the, the apostle. We had to talk about that. We had to talk about the Jack. It was we had close, to talk about the Jack for and, and the apostle is close to your home, right? You played on yeah. that, on those streams and you were involved in that. So it is definitely, yep. definitely relevant. Uh, tell me what, what is the thing you've gotten the most out of poker that you feel that you're most thankful for are sort of like learnings that have applied to your everyday life? Discipline. Discipline. Poker's given me a lot of discipline. Um, understanding. Man, my mind's going crazy. I'm so scatterbrained. Uh, but yeah, just, it's definitely, it's allowed me to live the life that I want to live. You know, I'm a very, I've always been such a go with the flow type of guy and it has taken me some time to understand how important it is to be organized 
have schedules. Um, I think it's important even just on a day-to-day basis, have your schedule written out of all the tournaments you're going to play. Be organized. When I was younger, like we're talking about waking up, just go, go, go. Uh, I was able to do it, uh, but I think it's so important to be organized, have a schedule, have a plan, map your day out. Um, But the number one thing that poker's given me is the luxury to be my own boss, to, especially when I was younger, uh, travel wherever I want, be wherever I want, whenever I want, take time off whenever I want. And I think that's actually one of the most important things I stress upon younger players today is to not put your head down and play every day and not have goals of amount of hours played in a day or amount of hours played in a week. I think that's the number one mistake younger players make. And even some experienced players make of like, okay, I'm going to play 50 hours this week, no matter what, every day I'm grinding. That's such a massive mistake. I think it's so important to listen to yourself, take days off when you want, take weeks off at a time when you need it. You know, we all go through downswings and mental times where it's like, man, I just can't take these beats anymore. I'm kind of getting negative. I'm kind of expecting to lose. That's the number one time when it's time to take however long off from the game that you need to come back, feel fresh, be positive again. And I, I feel like every time I've taken a break, I always come back and crush really hard because I'm mentally there. I'm feeling good. I'm rested. I'm, don't think about the game for a week. Don't think about hand histories. Just go enjoy life. Think about other stuff, and you'll come back and crush. Uh, but, yeah, poker poker's just been such a blessing for me, like I said, man. I've always loved the game so much. I, I was a basketball player my whole life growing up and lived and breathed basketball every day uh, up until – High school, high school, college, and the transfer of that competitive spirit and, uh, you know, into poker has, has been an amazing transfer. And I just love the game so much, man. Aside from the money, aside from a number of different things, I just love the game. I love the yep. game. And I just, I'm, 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 I really am. I'm really lucky to be able to play this game for the last 17 years as my job. Um, I'm just so blessed, man. And obviously having a wife that loves the game as much as I do is another blessing. Yeah. But yeah, life is good, man. And and what is, uh, you say, you know, how, how do you, when she like, so, okay. So is it, she, your wife does not stream though, correct? Or has she, she does she stream done? actually. She does stream. She does Lady, stream Long, Lady Long Car on Twitch. She started streaming okay. like a number of months back and okay. we're actually going to start getting her on a more consistent schedule. Uh, but yeah, she, she just started streaming and, she loves it. You know, she loves it. She's actually not one, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy I've always loved the spotlight. I've always loved to entertain. My favorite classes in college were acting and public speaking. I'm a little bit of a freak. But, uh, you know, she's not that way. She doesn't necessarily love the spotlight, but she uh, she's she's enjoyed streaming so far. She's, she enjoys, you know, the poker community online and and uh, put, yeah, there she is right there, Lady Longcar. And, uh, hey, one more follow. She, yeah, there she's 6,000 followers. She's, uh, I'm so proud of her, man. She, she's really been, it's funny because, you know, obviously I've got so much of my time with playing and studying and this and that. And she's always like, Hey, what about me? Let's study together. And so she's, me and her have gone over a lot of hand histories and, and talk strategy a ton. And she's, she's really become a player. She really has. She's been making a lot of deep runs and she's just in the last couple of months starting to play a bunch of these live tournaments with me. And I'm definitely expecting great things from her on the felt. So it's fun. That's that's very cool. I I always had mixed feelings. My one my wife played in a charity event and folded kings, and I played with her in like in a pre flop. And you know she's just not like she 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 has a hard like the she's Brazilian. It's a little bit a cultural thing. Poker's not so pop, you know, or I don't want to say popular. 
it's uh, it's actually getting very popular in Brazil. But for her, her mindset and how she approaches things and just the way she's wired, it's not. I knew it wasn't going to be. We work. It wasn't going to be a thing. I, I feel like it's it could be great. It's also uh, there's also people I know where there are significant other plays and it's like talking poker all the time or bet. You know, as long as you guys have a good understanding, appreciation, and sort of uh, language with each other, you know, because obviously you know too, like taking some bad beats or having a rough day of, of playing or streaming too. It's like you got you want to either vent or um, share with someone. If, if there was all that, like if you guys don't handle it well together, it could be, it could be, it could be intense, right? If like, no, I was going to say, so, I know some couples yeah. first yeah, yeah, yeah. have had like, I know, in fact, I know some poker friends of mine who are like, yo, I'll never date a girl that plays poker ever again. And it's yeah. too much. And, but like, obviously me and my wife, it makes things that much better because she can relate and yeah. she's there to make me feel good when I need to be, you know, uh, smoothed out when I'm feeling rough from a bad beat or whatnot. So it's, yeah, you definitely have to find a fine line of, you know, yeah, it's, yes. you know, it's, 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 it's not, not easy. It's, it's not necessarily a perfect thing, but if you can find the right person, it can be a beautiful thing. And, and I got to, all right, I got to jump over here. Cause this is your, your live career. It's pretty crazy on this show. I think it's 97% of people who have their first hen and mob, the actual recorded score is like a final table. Look at this. You have four final tables in a row, including a first place in this anti-up poker tour which i think you actually won again unless no so, somewhere else yes yeah, so hey. scroll down scroll down to the bottom scroll because i gotta tell this story so yeah this is crazy I, on the first ever event yeah so i i uh I, I was all online i mean i hardly played ever live tournaments and it was like one of the first live tournaments i've ever played here at thunder valley and yeah it was a 500 uh norcal classic uh 500 buy-in i think it was in 2000 yeah 2014 at thunder valley here at my local stomping grounds and Took first place for 37. Uh, we actually did a five-way chop as chip lead, and actually, the ICN numbers came out. I said, no, no deal. I need to, I need 3,000 more. So I got a couple of guys that give me some money and got the deal done. And then I just went on a heater right there and and played two different $200, 200Ks down at the Hustler in LA. Uh, four, I think it was, yeah, fourth place, second place. This is all in a month. This is all wow. within like a month right here. You know, $500 buy-in, $200 buy-in, $200 buy-in. Played some other live tournaments there for a minute um and then got back onto the online grind and if you scroll up a little bit right there at the top right there first place so the first tournament that first live tournament score was a 500 buy-in annie up norcal classic at thunder valley it took first for 37. i didn't get to play it the next year because i was out of town and then two years later i came back into town i was living in washington dc for a little while i came back into town the night before the norcal classic Two years okay. later after winning it. Didn't get to play the year before. And uh, I'm just going to tell the full story. Screw it. Yeah. I was taking some bong rips with two of my best friends in my buddy's garage the night before the tournament. We were hanging out, chilling. And one of my best friends looked at me and said, he said, yo. He's like, so at this point, I had worn my bathrobe to live cash games in my area once every nine months or so. I did it at the, at the first time. I was just, it was just a joke. Everyone loved it. And then I kind of did it like every nine or 10 months at a card room in town for cash games. Show up in my bathrobe. Everyone loved it. So now it's the night before this tournament. I just got back into town this day. Just moved back into town. Yep. And my, my boy said, yo, you haven't worn the bathrobe in a while. You've never worn it in a tournament. It's time for you to psychologically fuck everyone while playing in a bathrobe, raking in pots, steaming people while you're wearing your robe, and you're going to win this thing. Yeah, and I actually didn't have much of a bankroll at the time because of bad spending habits. So, like in a lot of ways, 
this will always go down as a very, maybe the most special win of my life because there's never been a tournament that I wanted it so bad. Right. I wanted it so bad. I showed up in a bathrobe for the tournament and I took first place for 45K. Wow. And how's that not your hand in my profile and all your profile picks? Where I know, you're, I know. I, 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 I need to hit them up. I need to hit them up. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah. So, fast forward to uh, this last weekend or two weeks ago at Thunder Valley. Dan Ross, one of the tournament directors, is always there for these tournaments. He was there for that bathrobe win in 2016. Yeah. He came up to me two weeks ago, day two of this uh, $1,700 World Series of Poker Circuit main event at Thunder Valley. I was, I came into day three. Two weeks ago, I came in day three, uh, 13 bigs, 149th in chips out of 160. And he said, yo, long car. He said, promise me one thing. If you make it to the final table, promise me you're going to bring out the bathrobe again. I said, okay. Hadn't thought about it, but I promise. And so I made it to day three, uh, 13th in chips with 13 bigs out of 14 players left. I put on the bathrobe. I actually haven't been that nervous in a long time because I realized, like, okay, I'm the short stack here. I'm putting this bathrobe on. A lot of attention is going to be on me. So it's time to shine. You know, I can't not shine. Yeah. And it's taking I ended up taking sixth place for 40k. And it was nice. one of those where perspective is everything. I I I was never above 20 big blinds the entire day. I was just constantly finding good shove spots to take down the blinds nannies, watch other big stacks make mistakes, and took six for 40k. And being the ultra short stack the entire way, it felt like a win. You know, it that's, felt really no, good. It's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a sick score and a sick tournament. Nice stuff, final table, a main event ring there so uh, in your backyard that's that's amazing online poker so popular right now you know we just had the wsop online 2.7 million to first crazy records being broken a lot of different sites doing series i know there is as well the venom which is coming up could you explain a little bit about what that is and how often that runs because there's different i know the pko version the regular one big guarantees 5 million 10 million um different different ones and there's one starting soon can you maybe explain what that is and how that works yeah, so I've been saying it for a while. The Venom, man, it's the best tournament online. It's got a World Series of Poker main event-like, super deep-stacked, slow structure, which obviously increases the skill factor and lowers the luck factor to a degree. Uh, but yeah, America's Carter runs the Venom every three months. So it runs four times a year. It alternates every time between the regular Venom, which is a 2650 buy-in, 10 million guaranteed regular tournament, and then the next time around, three months later, it switches to a PKO progressive knockout 2650 Venom with a 5 million guaranteed. Um, but yeah, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. This is, I love the structure. That's the best part of it. The structure is so slow. Um, just lots of play time, lots of time to maneuver. And obviously at the end, the stacks are super deep. Um, it's definitely a gem. It's definitely a gem. And and what have you had? What's your biggest online score on Twitch or, or streaming, and also without streaming? Do you have or is it was it while you were streaming? So my biggest score online was my win on my laptop with my then fiance now wife uh, in the two sixty five milli first place for one hundred thirty eight thousand, and my biggest win on stream was ironically on Father's Day of two thousand twenty. Um, that was a $215, $400,000 guaranteed Sunday special. Took first place for $79,000 on stream. Uh, you know, obviously, that was amazing to have that win on Father's Day, which uh, I, I believe was right after my son Luke's first birthday. So yeah, that, was, that was a special one. Yeah, a little bit of baby run good for sure. And yeah. Um, and and where can people like where's the where are you the most active? I see you got Twitter, you got Instagram here, obviously on on Twitch. 
Uh, yeah, so Michael Michael underscore Longcar on Instagram and Twitter. I'm definitely the most active on Instagram. I do stories all throughout the day of my my just my my regular life. Uh, all ins on tournaments that I'm playing off stream, um, and then obviously I'm pretty pretty active on Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy. I love Twitter. Um, and yeah. And how- can you maybe explain your style on like when you stream, how many tables do you play? Sort of the vibe. I know you have a home game as well. What is what is sort of your overall like how would you describe your Twitch stream? Um, I'm a mass tabler. I've always I've always been a mass tabler. When I was younger, uh, when I was a sit and go guy, there was about a six month period where I was playing up to forty five sit and goes at a time. Obviously this was not on stream, this was way before my Twitch streaming days, but yeah, I would play between twenty five and forty five sit and goes at a time for ten hours straight. So that's what I did. You know, this is crazy to think about now. Um, but uh, that's what I did. And now I definitely, I, I still pump a lot of volume. I'm, that's definitely my best skill set is to be able to play, a, a still play a solid game while still playing 20 tables at a time. And that's, that, that is difficult while streaming. Like playing 12 to 16 tournaments while streaming and panning around at different tables and talking with chat. Like that's, that's definitely a skill set. It's not easy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, right now, I like I said, I run my home game on America's Card Room every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's my always my no delay stream with the card protector on. I love being super engaged with my chat and uh, taking a shot to a whiskey during that stream and having a good time hanging out. It's kind of more like a party atmosphere. And then on the other days I stream, um, and especially the all day Sunday stream, which I normally do, um, it's, you know, head down, graph up, lots of tables um i love the grind man i love i've always it's funny because i'm such a social guy so there are certain things i just love about live poker and talking with people and the social aspect but i still say online is king because i just love the ability to multi-table i love the ability to constantly be making decisions and just go 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 this table that table i have a pretty close to photograph photographic memory which makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I've just, I've always just loved multi-tabling. It's just so much fun to me. It is. I, I do find it's, um, what would you equi- uh, equate the live chat on Twitch? Like what, so let's say you normally would six, or let's just say, how many tables do you think it is adding by streaming on Twitch? Like what, what would you calibrate that to if you had to guess? That's a great question. That's a great question, man. Uh, it definitely is different, right? Like streaming on yeah. Twitch and playing, like you could, you know, I, I actually, if I could do my whole Twitch sort of like peak time over i think i would two table max and and one table i love like the jason somerville how he would like one table you know hang out catch almost a majority of the chat or a lot you know and just kind of like really focus because like i actually feel like my lifetime on twitch like from streaming i just feel like also i maybe you might be better i mean i would have bet you are uh and and certain people like mormon or yourself or you know different people that can really like do that, play a lot of tables and not have it affect them. Like my, I, listen, I multitask. I have 430 LGs here. I, I, I'm always like, I got 400 things going, but for playing poker and then also covering the chat, I feel like I wasn't at my best with like, I'd missed too much chat at times. I wasn't playing my best here. And if I think if I had just like, but at the same time, yeah. How do you not play the million dollar Sunday and yeah. Sunday million and like this? So it's like, I, it's hard, but like the answer I think usually is less is more, but historically when i would play a couple tables or i'd get down to my last table you know it's just like things would go well i felt more relaxed the stream was better i was playing better so i i don't know it's such a hard thing though to not it's very tough. It's do very that tough. so i i still don't know but i think if i could have 
I, I would bet if I had done that differently, it would have been, you know, I think it would have been more, more of a, um, a better overall plus EV play up like net net result. Plus also just like even being more engaged than I, than I was. Cause like, yeah, a lot of times I'd fire 10, eight, 12 tables have like, dang, it was kind of spastic. And then I'm missing stuff. Then you got people upset cause you're not seeing them or answering them. Then you're also like timing out or making yeah. not your best play and you're not really following the action. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's tough. Tricky, I would right? say, I, I would say, yeah, streaming probably adds four or five tables, the equivalent. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. I think that's, that's about right. And tell me what is, what about live coming up? Do you have any thoughts on, do you have a schedule set? Are you like, Hey, I'm going to go play all the WSOP next year. Try yeah. So I'm, I'm so excited to start playing. Uh, we've kind of been extra cautious and careful with COVID and just in the last, um, just in the last like four or five months, finally just, living again living normal again not not thinking about it too much um but yeah it's it's been really nice playing some live tournaments again recently um there's another tournament series coming to thunder valley in about a month run good poker series i'm be playing a bunch of those events world series of poker circuit comes back to thunder valley in january and i'm really gonna try and play a couple big tournaments like every month moving forward whether i have to go down to la or vegas um try and get my wife to come with me too as much as i can obviously and it's so tough. It's so tough having kids and being out in Vegas. I think the only real thing that I'm really going to try and do, I really want to try and make happen is get a house out there next summer for me and my family so that I can actually be out there with them, play as many tournaments as I can. Um, live tournaments, man, they're just different beasts. There's just a lot of recreational players that don't play in the online setting that play in the live setting. And, uh, I definitely want to, I, it's something I was, it's funny, you know, you brought up my head in mob and stuff. I've actually had a co few conversations lately with some friends about that, about how I need to start playing more live tournaments moving forward. Um, it's just soft, man. They're just soft. It's just, it's crazy. When I think about like a live, like the $1,700 WSP circuit main event that I found table two weeks ago, like I would say that's equivalent to like a, a 55 or a 109 online as far as toughness. So with that being said, I'm, I'm really going to try and put a lot of volume as much as I can over the next year or so into in the live tournament scene. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, same thing. I think it's, it's just like hard. You know, I really respect Patrick Leonard, guys like this that are just like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be the number one, like I'm going to do this and do it well and not try to do everything. And it's also the same time, you know, it's kind of fun. You like, you, you want to mix it up, right? Like I'm playing live, I'm playing online. I've done the work. I've got the repetitions now. Let me try to hit live it, it is though like again so important especially the family and stuff get set up get the right house get the right get everyone comfortable and not be distracted because that is so hard to play live and like do the social media and like come late to a tournament and try to do everything and there's only so many hours i think that that is uh you know you, you see it when the preparation's right and when you're dialed in and set and focused it's a huge difference than kind of just trying to sporadically you know i'm gonna stream and do live and do this and be a good dad and a good husband like you know it's um it, it's easier said than done and yeah, it sounds like you have a you do really take pride in your preparation and planning, and that's that is definitely a big part of being a professional. What is your overall take on online poker right now? Where do you feel the state? This is one of the last questions I want to ask you about the 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 state of we, we covered live poker some, and you know it does seem like it's booming and things are going great. What do you what is your feeling from what you see online and, and the quality of the games, the the guarantees? And 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 just overall as a whole, where do you feel online poker is at this present day? I feel like it's it's reaching all time levels. I, I feel like uh, you know games are booming, and I will say, 
you know, the game has evolved and kind of to into an interesting point right now because there are so many training sites and, and things out there where people can learn from. And I think that has translated into a more aggressive game. You know, the game today is just mind-blowingly more aggressive than it was a few years ago, especially compared to 10 years ago. It's not even the same game. Um, and so that's why it's always important to continue to evolve with the game and adapt with the, you know, the amount of three betting that's going on and, you know, make sure it's, it's, it's always so important to take time and whether it's joining the best training site out there like Turbo Kings or, you know, just talking with a friend, talking strategy, thinking about hands, taking pieces. I think such an important thing too, is like, if you're playing in a live setting or an online setting, really watch closely with other really good players are doing and take pieces from their game and add it to your game. And, um, it's, it, it really is. It's such an, it's such an, it's such an important thing that I didn't really start doing honestly until a couple years ago of a couple years ago, I would just put my head down and play not really put a lot of work into my game. I think it's, that's equally or even more important than playing a lot is taking the time off the fill, analyzing things, talking with other good pros, join up with the training site, you know, and the game has evolved so much. It's such an aggressive game today. And I think with, you know, I think it's obviously COVID was a nice boost for online as all the sites were majorly booming during the beginning parts of COVID as everyone was forced to play online rather than play at a casino. And I think obviously it's calmed down a little bit with life returning back to normal, but I think poker's in a really good place right now. I think it's uh, in a very high popular state and, um, you know, I, th I think it's just going to continue to grow and continue to get more popular. And it's it's funny how many people don't know. I, I go to Carter's all the time. How many people don't know? You can play on America's Card Room in California. You can play on America's Card Room in, uh, you know, said state in the United States. And yeah, I think the more people become aware of that, the more you'll see the sites continue to grow and boom. And I think, like I said, I think poker's in a really good place right now. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree with that. And what would be... The last question I have for you is what would be your message to someone at home that is, you know, maybe someone on your stream, like what overall, what do you think is the, the biggest thing you could tell someone that is really like, Hey, I love poker. I want to dive into it. Uh, I want to, I want to start to, to, to learn and grow and, and be a part of the game. What is the advice, you know, cause it is, it, it's, it's a skill game, but there, yes. it is gambling. There is risk and there is uh there's a, it's, it's, it's not, um, how do you say, uh, it's, it's something you got to be, you got to respect, you know, you can't just dive in and go nuts and think that everything's going to work out uh, great. And, you know, you can quit your job or something. So like, tell me someone that, Hey, I'm at home. I want to learn to play poker. I want to become good. You know, maybe let's, let's say, let's, let's, let's focus on sort of a younger person that is maybe out of college or, or just not sure what they want to do in their life. They're, they're 22, 23 years old and they see people playing. They, they watch you, they watch me, they watch whoever this looks fun. What would be your advice to them to get into poker? My first advice would be to make sure that you're playing with an amount of money that you feel comfortable losing. That's the number one thing. It doesn't matter if you have $20 to play with or $200 to play with or $2,000 to play with. Make sure that you're playing with an amount of money that you can literally look in the mirror and say, I am going to be comfortable. It's not going to change my life. If I lose this amount of money that I've deposited onto the site, I've got money coming in from my job or my parents or whatever it is. And as far as getting better and learning the game, I mean, there's there's more than ever so many different places where you can learn the game from. I, I would say 
watch as much Twitch as you can. Watch other good players. Watch how they play. Again, pick things from their game. And, and I really think it's important to join a training site and learn the preflop charts. Because, I mean, no matter what training site you join, the preflop raising charts of hands that you should play in certain positions, they're all pretty close from site to site. And that's the very basic thing to learn is what hands to play pre, uh, play preflop, what hands to not play in certain positions. And I mean, there's there's so many tools out there right there. There's so many tools out there now to learn from. Um, if you don't have the ability, if you don't have the money to join a training site, Twitch is free. You got world-class players playing all day, every day. Turn on the stream, soak everything up, pay, pay close attention to how people are playing hands. And I mean, you can learn really quickly. Yeah, and and would you would you say that the the game is what is the biggest difference from when you started and now in terms of someone that would be jumping in? What what is sort of something that you would tell someone to be aware of or to be to maybe just say, hey, like they see you, like wow, you know, you've been playing poker 15, 20 years, you know, you, you made a living for yourself, you're doing this, like what would be the differences and and when you started and now and what the obstacles and hurdles and adjustments would have to make to versus like then and now man yeah it's night and day from when i started doing this for a living in 2007 2008 man it's just thinking about the the games back then you know it's man yes man this <laughs> you know back then it's like wow you're getting in a preflop of queens here and today it's like, oh, pocket sevens in, eights in. You know, it's the game is just so much more aggressive. Uh, it was yeah. so much more easy to run people over back then. And now everyone's trying to run everyone over. Um, but yeah, I think I think the biggest advice I can give that I'm gonna leave with you guys is start off small. Don't, you know, I think I, I think I think the number one thing that people when they begin is they need to play ultra low, play one dollar sit and goes, play two dollar cash games. Try and win at the lowest levels, and until you can, you, you shouldn't be playing higher until you can win at the lowest levels. Sh show yours. It's I, I feel like mo it's not talked about enough. Momentum, confidence, the the good the feeling the the good feeling of waking up and saying, I expect to win today because I've been winning at these levels. Start small, and work your way up, and look at it as a video game. I'm starting a level one. You don't you don't just jump to level seven. When you start right. playing game, you start level one. Start playing the micros, start playing low stakes, build confidence, win. Focus on winning. Don't focus on the money. Focus on winning and don't move up too fast. If you are winning at something, stay there. Continue to win more and then move up a little bit. If you don't win right yeah. away, move back down. There's no that's 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 a that's a discipline within itself, which I've done many times. Winning at a level hardcore, take the jump to the next level, not so good for a few days. Okay, I'm going back down. I'm gonna win for another week or two, and now I'm gonna take another shot at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's important to find something you win at, start small, and and work your way up. I agree completely. And last thing I'll say on that, to add on to that is, it's also very different for yourself or me, or as I mentioned, maybe a 19, 20, 21, out of college, you know, starting out with $50 or free rolls versus being a 30 or 35 or 40 or, you know, older and being like, hey, you know, I've made some money or I have a family and I'm just going to hop into playing 510 or 2550 or buying for exactly five or whatever 10, every, everyone's know. financial situation is different so right. if you're a boss out there if you're making a quarter million a year at your job you got a lot of money in the bank if you again if you can afford to play a thousand dollar buying game which i wouldn't recommend doing on your first time but if yeah. that's what you want to do and you can afford to do it 
more power to you. But and that's that's sort of my point system. is you got to be careful because just because you have made money and you are successful or not, it's like that may that's not that I get it. It's hard to go play a one dollar, two dollar uh, or a 50 cent or one dollar sit and go. But that's the smarter thing to do, because, like, you know, it's like, yeah, am I just going to go and start playing high? Maybe you say you want to feel it a little bit or, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, take your time and you, you have more you have more to lose. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. If you like dive in and play middle or high stakes poker and you have money and you have stuff like you actually could get really hurt versus like someone that's 23 doesn't really have anything and is starting with almost nothing. You know, for us that you try a lot of people from our generation or, you know, I started earlier than you, like, oh, two, oh, three kind of in that range. But a lot of people really did start with like out of high school or in high school or college where they're like, they don't have a lot to risk and they kind of build up from, you know, the ground. So like that is also a lot in a way safer and less, you know, maybe you lose some time if it doesn't work out or maybe you do it as a side hobby, but you're not actually like putting at risk real capital and exposure. So that, that I think is important to, to note and the differences of the journey of where you start and how you come in and what you're, you're actually putting as exposure. But listen, Michael Lankar, I appreciate this. I appreciate your time. This is episode number 175 on the Flow Show, the Jeff Gross Podcast. This is, we've covered a lot and please tell everyone where they can follow you on the, the, uh, your socials. We've kind of covered a few times, but. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Michael underscore Lankar, L-O-N-C-A-R right there on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I go under the name Lankar Poker on Twitch and, uh, on that note, if any of you out there don't have an America's Cardum account, make sure that you use my last name, Longcar, as your referral code when you sign up with ACR. I'm always available. I always tell everyone, even if it's not ACR related, if you have any poker questions at all, anything we've talked about here with bankroll, getting started, always feel free to send me a private message. Ask away. I'm always wanting to help poker players make the right decisions, make smart decisions, and uh, guide them to, uh, you know, hopefully become a winning player and enjoy this game that we love so much. So thanks, Theo. Thanks for having me on, man. And I got to give one shout out really quick to my mom, my dad, my wife, Alex, and my boy, Jason. I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for those four people, uh, massive supporters to me and family. So shout out to them. Thanks again for having me on, Jeff. Always a good time with you, man. Amazing. I appreciate it. Thank you again for being a guest on the GG Super Millions. Thank you for your time. And thank you again for, you know, making a, uh, a fun place for people to learn, listen, and again, great content all around. So I do highly recommend checking out Michael Lon Carr again on Twitch. I said it, I don't have a lot of free time myself, but I do check in. I've seen the streams and I can highly recommend it. So guys do give him a follow, check him out, and we'll be back for more podcasts in the coming weeks. Really appreciate everyone watching. We'll see you very soon.